0: Welcome to the Ghost Men of Radio Station, and tonight my guest is Darlene West, who is author of Christian fiction, which is new to me. But, well, I'll admit that. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. John 3 dot dash seventeen N NIV. Darlene has a bachelor's degree in English with a minor writing money and concentration of fiction, and who as a master's in adult education, is a retired corporate developer, program designer, elevator, training needs assessor, curriculum specialist. Her hobbies include fishing, biking, camping, creating recipes, and she loves being a wife, mother, and a granny. Not necessarily all in that order. And she's written a lovely little book. Well, one of them other books, but this is the book we're talking about today. And today's book we're talking about is Awakened by Grace, which is a lovely little title. I've, I've read little bits and pieces. It's quite a fascinating story. So, Darlene, tell me a little bit about yourself before we talk about your book. Okay. Well,
1: I live in Idaho, in beautiful downtown Sandpoint. And I, well, actually, I live in the country, but I live where considered as Sandpoint. And... I love cooking, I love baking, I love to, um, I have another business, I call it Granny's Goodies, and I love my grandchildren very much, we just had them for 10 days, and we had to send them back to Texas on Saturday, but I don't know, I, I'm a mother and a wife, I love being a wife, I really do, I have a good husband, a godly husband. And, gee, what would
0: you like to know about me? I know you've got some lovely little pictures I can see. Uh, old family photos of my family. And obviously there's pictures because you of a... Uh, I've only got this right. I've read it properly in case I get it wrong. You have uh, Greek... You've got Greek, yes. Canadian, French, and New York in your blood, obviously. Do you speak Greek?
1: Eggy left that too much money. <laughs> that was my father's famous saying. Eggy left that. He didn't want us to. Um, we decided we wanted to buy something. We'd ask him, and he'd say, Eggy left that," so we knew it was no. Because um, the facts about it, you know, I mean, I used to speak more Greek, and I used to speak more French, but um, I. Speak went to college, of course, and I took Russian, and I speak more Russian than I do French or Greek. Now, but I also speak a lot of Spanish because the way I grew up. I grew up halfway back east and halfway in L.A., and when you live in L.A., you
0: learn Spanish. I see you've got a lovely little picture here at the bottom, a black and white picture, and it's Ah. in Indian... um, Dress and all the gear?
1: Yes, and that is in Knott's Ferry Farm in Brea, California. That was when my sister and I, that was the other girl there, is my sister. She's four years older than me. Her name is Judy. And uh, my parents took us to Knott's Berry Farm, and he was taking photos with different people. If you just went to him, he would, you know him, I guess, and then you take a photo with him. So, Knott's Berry Farm is a place where it started out, it was a farm where they grew berries. The family grew berries, the Knott's family. And then the wife, the lady of the house, she made fried chicken. So, when people came for her fried chicken... They would wait for hours, so they decided to give them different amusement rides while they were waiting for to come in and have dinner. So that's
0: how Knott's Berry Farm was founded. It's always fascinating how little things come about. Now, I, I, I mean, obviously, if people look at your book, they're going to wonder what it's about. I'll do a little bit of the blurb. After the tragic death of his wife, Katie, Professor Franklin Franklin blames himself filled with anguish. He walks away his family removes himself from all social interactions with all o- 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 agreements he's suffering. He soon after the second anniversary of his wife's death, his self-imposed, exclusive lifestyle, interrupted by an unplanned visit from his eight-year-old granddaughter, Maggie. From that point on, Maggie's faith-filled answer prayers manifest before Franklin's eyes. As the two experience God-led divine appointments, Maggie encourages new people to become part of Franklin's life. In spite of all weakness, he finds it difficult to get let go of his guilt and move on without his wife. Obviously, it's a little bit about tragedy and how we never, when we have a major blow in our life, it's hard to move on.
1: Yes, it is. I was a street evangelist and when I was out street evangelizing, I also used to go to mental hospitals to bring the word of God to the mental hospitals. And I found that non Christians and Christians alike all, you know, had these same problems of, you know, chronic grief that were in the mental institution. Or people who were thought that they could come to Christ was felt they were they self condemned themselves about something that they had done and it could have been just an accident like with Franklin. Or it could have been something that they did on purpose and they felt that they were not good enough for God. And I found that a lot of people did suffer from chronic grief. And it didn't have to only be a death. It could have been even a job, a career. Losing a career. um, This one woman that I met in a mental institution, she was um, there with no career. She lost her career. And she was planning on killing herself that night, and I, just before I talked to her, she had gathered a bunch of sleeping pills from the um, pharmacy area of the hospital, and she decided she was going to kill herself that night, and I, she met me, she told me about this, and she changed her mind, and she gave her life to Jesus. It was quite a miracle, but it was, people, okay. I'm sure you've heard of the pipeline here, you know, that um, President Trump st- uh, started and loud and opened it up for us to have a pipeline from Canada down through the country. And we've got thousands of jobs. Well, what happened was, is that Biden, when he came into office, he, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Most of us don't believe he belongs there. We believe we had a coup here. But anyhow, um, he stopped the pipeline and 40,000 people, or eight, no, it was 80,000 people lost their jobs. And this is not just jobs on the pipeline alone. It's jobs where businesses that were open to feed people and, and you know do business with these people that were working on the pipeline, but 30 people killed themselves because of this. And so suicide is a big, big thing. And I wanted to show people about God's love. And, and there is hope. No matter what, you, what happens to you, there is hope. And this was the reason why I, I wrote Awakened by Grace, because I want people to see that nothing is hopeless. Even though it could look hopeless, it's not hopeless.
0: And that's that's the hard bit in it because, as you know, as we're in COVID at the moment and we're constantly surrounded by the media bashing us with doom and gloom every fifty-five seconds of the day. Well, it just seems that way, and it's very hard to believe in God. I'm not criticising you. I'm just saying it's just hard to believe in God at the moment, isn't it? You, you, it, it's very difficult with all the floods and the, the, the. the there's deaths and all that, and, and, and it just builds up. All this is building up at the moment, and people are just beginning to doubt things. I think this is when you show your true faith. This is when you. This is when you, if you're a believer, this is when you go. No, I know this is being right at the end. Yeah,
1: I know this. This is all going to change, but I also know that it's not God that does these things. It's it's the devil. It's wickedness, it's spiritual wickedness, it's spiritual warfare. It's God doesn't murder people, God doesn't bring on disease. Nowhere in, in the in the Gospels does it show where Jesus said, I'm not going to heal you, I'm going to give you disease instead. No, he healed all of them that he was in contact with, that wanted healing, that had faith to heal, and he went around doing good. He didn't go around judging people either, and people judge themselves. It's really um, amazing how—I mean, I've done it to myself. How we are our own self-judges, and um, we judge ourselves and we, you know, give ourselves um, a verdict. And but God, Jesus didn't do that. Jesus came to love us and to save us and to. The problems that's all around, yes, they're there. Yes, we'll have persecution. Yes, we'll have, you know, death in the families. Death is part of life now. But the thing is, is that if we encourage ourselves in the Lord, life will change uh, for you inside, inside of you. And then you you can see the hope that's in the future instead of looking at the bad and the evil all around you all the time. And this COVID-19, I mean, even took my own aunt, my last living aunt. She was 88. And um, of course, she was very angry when she got it. <laughs> she was in a nursing home in New York City. And well, actually on the island. And you um, go, put, patients in there who had COVID and that's how she got it and we lost her but you know I I know I lost her and I love her and I know I'll see her again and the thing is is that if I I can't let this take a hold of me or take a grip on me I won't do it any longer I mean at first you know everybody was scared of it but God did not give me the spirit of
0: fear, but power, love, and a sound mind, and that's the mind that I want to keep. Why did you? Why did you choose it from a little girl's point of view, seeing seeing the the old man? Was it because it would it acts a better storyline, or was it just for was it inspired by real life?
1: Inspired by real life, I found that the grandfather and my husband and my granddaughter's relationship is very special, and me and my grandson is very special. Even though I love my granddaughter dearly and my, my husband loves my grandson dearly, we have a special connection with, you know, I have a special connection with my grandson and he has one with my granddaughter. I mean, he goes, takes out the trash, and she wants to go with him. So, um, I know that I wanted to do it from a man's point of view, and that was very difficult for me. I had to watch a lot of men, especially my husband, and in fact, I had to inquire when I was writing it, would a man think this, or would a man, you know, but I know that a, Granddaughter, or even a grandson, a grandchild, will has a lot of effect on the grandparent, and it's just a special relationship between grandparents and
0: grandchildren. That's why I chose that way. And also, I suppose he would find it easier to talk about certain things, you know. Say, oh, Granddad, why don't we go out today and look at the flowers, and we could do that because that, that grandma likes to like that rose over there. We could smell it and pick it and put in a book or something like that, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, you got it. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, if you, um, yes, and they can, you know, they're innocent. The grandchildren are innocent, and when they're very young like that, at eight. But I made her more mature for a reason than her age because I wanted to um, give an example of, of, Christ childlike faith and what God wants us to have is a childlike faith that's what Jesus told us to have faith as a child and in other words if God says something believe it and so and she does you know Maggie believes when God tells her something and we as adults we have an awful time to do that because we like to reason And that's where Franklin, he's got a problem because he likes to reason things out, especially him. Because here he is, a college professor. You know, he's always thought that, you know, there's always an answer to things that are supposed to be unanswerable. So that's why I put him, you know, with his granddaughter. Because the innocence with the reasoning are both together and then. It kind of smooths it out, the
0: edges on here. Now, well, I see your book is on, let me get this right, WIPF and Stocks Publishers. We put, we'll the mention them Whiff- because we want to make sure they get a nice free mention.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's wiff and Stock. Actually, my, they put me under the resource imprint resource publications imprint and but the um, main publisher is Wiffenstock and um, I'm on the webpage and I got a connection from my webpage onto uh, Wiffinstock as connection so if anybody wants to purchase the novel they can just go onto my webpage darlingwest.com myname.com I made it easy. And um, you can go right
0: there and order if they want, or they go on Amazon, or, you know, go to Barnes and Nobles. I don't know. Do you have Barnes and Nobles in the UK? Yeah, we do get it, but we most people use Amazon more than they use Barnes and Nobles. Yeah. I think so, it's in Kibo. Is it Kibo? Lots of people use um, Kibo. That's all right. I just like the like, like, I I give you uh, I'll just give you a quick sample in the book. That's a little sample for people. It's chapter one. is called "The Night of Maggie's Christmas Play." Professor Franklin. Franklin would have never been in church that night if it hadn't been for his granddaughter's Christmas play. He enjoyed spoiling his six-year-old princess Maggie. When he and his wife Katie had arrived, the play had just begun. Enters the foyer, an older gentleman greeted them, unbuckling a the tan coat's belt with one hand. Kate took the programme from Greeter and thanked him. Franklin proceeded to unbutton his winter coat as he dashed for, toward the coat rack, and it goes. But the story develops from there. But I like the way you automatically place me. I can see him in the church. I can see them sitting down, ready to say that. what's the Christmas traditional kids play that they have in many countries, in different ways, whichever way they do it. But it's nice that you've got the fact that he's sat down there thinking, what am I going to expect to see? (laughs) But he's doing it because it's his friend. And he doesn't really want to be there. But he's doing it as a a service. Yes. Yes. He loves his granddaughter. He loves his wife and his daughter. You know, his
1: family is... He's quite a family man. He does love his family. And I really appreciate that you could see him sitting me, uh, it
0: makes me happy well that's what you you could do that's what the beauty of the book is because in your when you write it you obviously it's you in your mind's eye have got what you think people will see but obviously everybody reads a book in a different way you know we don't nobody reads the same book the same way but i try to look at it how you would look at it and thinking well obviously she wants that and that and that and it goes develops and develops and that's I also like the cover. I presume it's meant to be like a representing heaven in some way because you've got the sun coming out of the clouds. And it looks like it, it's like shining. I don't know if it was on purpose, but it, it almost looks like it, it, it's a godly kind of picture, picture, doesn't it? Almost. Yes, I think so too.
1: I, uh, the artist that did that for me really did a great job. He was quite talented. It does match the title, "Awakened by Grace." You know, it's like an awakening from the, you know, the dawn's breaking, and it is heavenly. I just love it. I asked him. The only thing I was allowed to do is, you know, give a little recommendation what I would like, and all I asked for is something red because I love the color red. that's my favorite color.
0: They did a very Down. good job. They've they've achieved what you wanted to do. I mean, sometimes the cover can sell a book straight away and sometimes it's what people want to read inside the cover but sometimes because you're completing with so many other titles you've got to stand out just a little bit
1: yes yes I, I agree I totally agree I look at the covers too when I pick up a book but this year um, I was very pleased with it when I saw it for the first time they emailed me the cover and showed me what it was gonna be like. And I was really pleased. It was quite yes, it's kinda of, it's a heavenly scene. And um, of
0: course he's got my red in there too, so which I really was happy. I uh, and it's not too long a book. If you only got twenty seven chapters, that's quite that's quite good. That can be read in about a day or two days, depending on how good a reader you are. And as you say, you've developed it, and you've like you started off the Christmas play, and it's second anniversary of Kate's death, and Franklin's Franklin's confrontations, father and daughter reunite, Diana's donut house, that's hard to say, Maggie <laughs> arrives at Grandpa Grandpa's house. It's time for Christmas turn down in the daylight basement, family stories over pizza, biscuits and gravy. That's a very American thing. Uninspected visitors the church across the street, while I'm at the mall, on the way to Chili's, the luncheon, a quick stop for wrap, gift rap Johnny attends Mark church, the church service, Christmas time, town theme park, the rescue, a vehicle for Sue, the divine design manifesting, Franklin seeks answers, Sue stops by to thank Franklin, Katie and Jake return with a surprise, Franklin's revelation, and the last bit, Moving forward without Katie. So obviously you've told the whole story from beginning to end and you've made it as entertaining as you can. and I imagine you put bits and pieces of your own life a bit in there. I imagine you must have done. Not intentionally, but you have. Yeah, Yeah, well, there are some things in there that, um,
1: yes. And also, too, um, Maggie some parts of her is my granddaughter and some parts of her is my grandson. And, uh, but, I, when I write, I step into the character. And, of course, if the character is third person. The character is Franklin. He's the protagonist. And I, I become that person when I write. I, I become, I go into the scene of the novel And I think about the different things that I've learned and seen throughout my life, you know, and when I see people and and different interactions I see people having together. And so, but I get lost in my novel until, you know, I'm done writing for the day. And then when I go to bed at night, sometimes I continue to write in my mind. So once I'm starting to write a story, it just keeps piling in. Into my heart, and you know, I'll change things too. You know, wait a minute, I didn't like the way he said that. And I'll print it and read the chapter and read it maybe five times before and retype it before I know that that's exactly what I want. I want it to connect, I want each chapter to connect with the other one, and I want the story to flow as even as, as nicely as possible. So
0: that's what my whole um, aim is when I'm writing. And obviously, when people look at the word Christian fiction, it shouldn't put people off. It's just another word that you have to label, uh, uh, like the book, but it, it, because there's a lot of, about God in there, which is not no no, no uh, because the story's about someone finding refining their faith. So obviously, it's a it's it's Christian by nature, isn't it? It's just. Lost faith, gain faith. You know,
1: right? Well, yeah, um, we all have faith in something, right? Mm. And so, even people have faith in fear. You know, um, they fear easily. And um, my faith is mm-hmm. towards the Lord, and the Lord has proven Himself to me. So, the more He's proven Himself to me, the stronger my faith has gotten. Um. I just, yes, it is a story, a true story. and You don't have, I mean, not fiction. I mean, it's it's truly just a story. These are fiction characters. But as an adult educator, I found that and I learned my favorite tool for teaching was storytelling. Because when you tell a story, somebody's going to remember that quicker than if you have to study for an exam. I call it memorization and regurgitation. Once you regurgitate it, you'll forget it. So that's why I always use storytelling. I love storytelling. And I feel that if you tell a story, somebody's going to say, wait a minute, I can relate to this. And then how did they get out of this? Let me see what I could do with my problem. So that's why I like to do storytelling.
0: Uh, have you any other books that people may wish to read?
1: I don't have any other books right now, but I'm getting ready to start writing a new one. Um, I'm going to be writing on a family that's affected
0: by um,
1: a family member that, a very good family, close
0: family, that's affected by drugs. Mm, very, very powerful story how people can get so manipulative. It's not because it's them, it's because the drug, the drug makes them that way. I don't believe everyone's that way. There are some, I'm not going to say there isn't, but there are some that but the, the, the drug makes them that way. And, you know, deep we got, as God says, we've got to forgive people once, at least once. You've got to give them a second chance at least once. You've got to do it. And if they fail again, that's up to them, not not, not you. You've given them a the chance. You say, I've given you a chance." You blew it. That's
1: it. You know, I'll tell you, I think that somebody who's on drugs, I've been doing some studying on it, and I found that what drives them is the pain. to want to keep going back. And um, the pain of the, you know, detox. They can't take the pain. But then there's others who just have faith in God and say, forget it. I don't want it. I don't need it anymore. God has delivered it. Um, I just, i, I got to study more, though. I need more research on this for me to sit down and start writing, but I think I'm going to start writing by the end of the summer.
0: Well, what do you, I'm going to ask this question so you don't have to answer it. What do you think God's standing is in the world today? Because I wonder, you know, I often think when people go on about different religions, I think, well we really, if you used to actually join them all together, actually read all the bits and pieces of the Quran and all the other books that are available, the Bible and all that. They're very, very similar. They're very. There's not a lot of difference really. As such, it's just the names they call themselves, you know, as per church. I don't know if you believe, if I'm talking rubbish. I may be talking rubbish. So please excuse me. You're not talking rubbish. You're-
1: I think, with me, I was raised both Roman Catholic and Greek Orthodox, and I believe that God did not give us religion, He only gave us His Son, and that's where I'm living now, is I live for Jesus, and the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, I don't believe um that I need religion or something that's organized to follow Christ. I just need to pick up his word and read it and study it and meditate on it and learn it. And I can hear his voice talking to me when I do this, you know, through his word, through the Holy Ghost that's in me. I hear him talking to my spirit, it's not audible, it's just something that you know, it's just something that you know what he's talking, tugging on your heart about what he wants you to do, just like he wanted me to write this story, and the name Franklin kept coming up within my spirit, Franklin, and I knew the man's name was going to be Franklin Franklin when I start writing, because that's what God it laid in my heart. So I believe that God speaks to our hearts. He can speak to you audibly, um, but you know, whisper in the ear. But mostly, He speaks to you through His Word. And I look towards His Word and look, look towards Jesus. I don't look towards the organized um, religions anymore. Even though I know people are Christians, like somebody's Roman Catholic, they're Christian.
0: I'd just rather just depend on Jesus and nothing else. Um, I I think that's okay, as I say. I am a great believer in that you should listen to people's faiths, whether you don't believe in everything they say. But I try to be as equal as possible, because I've been treated badly because of certain things in my life. And I'm thinking, well, I can't repay that back, because it's not fair, because, you know, I've done it, and I did it. And I gotta admit, I did do it. Yeah, you know, I can't deny these things. But I've grown as a different person now. And I'm not that person I was, say, 20 years ago or even five years ago. Yeah,
1: well, we all grow. Um, I look back and I think, you know, like the old saying youth is wasted on the young, you know. <laughs> um. Yeah, we change. I believe, like you know, my husband and I, you know, we enjoy being quiet and being together, and um, we're happy without the kids in the house all the time like they used to be. We,
0: we, we like being grandparents.
1: We can have fun with the kids and send them home.
0: That that's good. And I I think there's a my my attitude is because. Me and my wife are both disabled in lots of different ways. And we live, despite our disabilities, we live every day as it comes. So today's Monday, so we deal with Monday. Tomorrow is Tuesday, we deal with Tuesday. Unless we've got appointments, obviously, but I've, I've learned the hard way. The more you expect, you plan the life, it always come back and kick you in the backside. And you cannot, you cannot plan anything. And COVID has made me realise it even more that you've got to take life what it is. I get down, of course I do. I I keep I try to block out all the bad news now. I know that's probably wrong, but I just find I can't cope with it otherwise. I just it just becomes information overload. I'm probably not the only person that feels like that. I think lots of people do. They just think, We can't you know, if we've got it, we got it. You know, I know in this country we're trying to have a new policy of okay it everything's going back to normal. Yeah. You know? Right. And we try to well, do that policy. But like most places in America have already been doing that anyway.
1: Yeah, we have in most places here in the United States, but there's still like California and New York and Virginia. There's still other states that's locked down here. Um, California, they're going to recall their governor for it because it's not as bad as it was. You know, most people either had COVID or they had the vaccine. And, um, once you have COVID, you're immune to it. Once you have the vaccine, why get the vaccine if you're not immune to it after the vaccine? So why bother? And so we see a lot of, um, Especially like in Michigan. Um, there's governors and of course the federal government now, the way it is, they um, they don't want to let go of COVID. They want it they politicized um, COVID. We want co- we want our freedoms back. And I refuse to wear a mask anymore unless I go into a doctor's office, because <laughs> you won't see unless you wear a mask. But it's all just keep you quiet here. Putting here, uh, if you've got a conservative opinion, they're shutting you up. There's the free, you know, free speech or First Amendment, our first article of the United States of America, and our Constitution is freedom of speech, and we're not allowed to have freedom of speech anymore. We're not allowed to have freedom of thought. There's a two-level. Um, justice system here, if you're a conservative, um, you go to jail. If you're not, if you're a liberal, you can do whatever you want. Um, The riots, people are killing people, people are burning down people's livelihoods and destroying uh, property. And they're not going to prison. And so we know, you know, we're looking at this in there's a lot of anger here. I just don't want a lot of um, hopelessness here. That's my prayers that people don't get hopeless
0: and that
1: we fight for what we believe in. I'm not talking about a war. I'm talking about, you know, don't back down. Just be who we are as a nation. And that's the way we feel right now. We don't want to back down.
0: No, there's a lot of that. I will admit, darling. There's a lot of um, anti-this and anti-that, that. I just I can't see the point. I just I, I must be some I must be an old dinosaur because I I I look at things and going why are you protesting about that? It does not make no sense to me. I cannot understand why you would not do that. Why? Yeah. I mean, I can understand the climate thing, and I can a little bit, but not when they go too far. And I, I, you know, I agree that people should have points of view, that's why we fought wars for. Even if you might not like their views, you don't have to listen to them. That's what gets me... There's loads of stuff on Facebook and things like that, thinking, well, you don't have to look at it. It's like the paper. If I read a paper and I think, oh, I'm not reading that, I'm not reading that, I'm not reading that, I'm not reading that. I am not reading that i am not reading that not reading that i do not have to look at it. Same the TV. When people say, oh, that program was really offensive, I think... Well, you must have watched it to know it was offensive because you can't tell it's yeah.
1: offensive. <laughs> I agree with you. I totally agree with you with that. Um, we hunt for news. We call our most of our news networks like CNN, we call it, Communist News Network, um, NBC, um, and DNC, you know, National Democrat um, news, um, we have conservative news networks here that people are going after now, and the um, ones that tell the news and tell the truth, it's to us, is all fake, and it's part of, um, they won't report certain things, they just won't do it. it, it we won't watch it, we turn it off. They've lost, I think CNN has lost 80% of their clientele, of, of their ratings. And, um, you know, the movie stars, people are sick of going to the movies because that's patronizing people that hate our country. People hate, I mean, the hate is taught in the colleges. The hate is taught in the movies. The hate is taught, you know, even in some churches, and um, why, why do you hate, if you hate our country so badly, um, Marco, Marco Rubio said we could send them all to Cuba if they want to go there, if they want Marxism, and so, but these are a bunch of, most of these Black Lives Matter and um, Antifa are college students. Yeah have been brainwashed by their professors, and where's the parents? That's what I want to know. Where are the parents? So um, they can kill somebody, they can tear down somebody's home, they can, you know. But if you do anything, defend yourself. Um, there was a couple that almost went to jail because they were defending themselves against a mob that wanted to, that threatened to kill them and come into their house and tear it down, tear it apart, I everything. Mean so it's gone weird here really weird But the people here
0: we have ways
1: to fight it without going to war because when it comes right down to it our constitution allows us to do
0: this yeah yeah now uh, grace please tell people where they can find your book or any other information you wish to give out about yourself
1: well, I would like to, yeah, we got off my book, didn't we? <laughs> uh, my novel is available on Amazon, and it's also um, available with and stock on my page, on my webpage, oh, DarleneWest.com, and if you have a Barnes & Nobles and you like to go to Barnes & Nobles, you can get my novel there, too. so that's
0: the best place to do it and I would love you to read my novel and I hope that you can give me some input and tell me how you felt about it yeah, I will you do yeah it. I will definitely read it I'll, I'll probably try and read the um oh, kindle version oh yes you can read the kindle yeah yes, I'll it, so I, 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 I will i will, I will probably not at the moment because i've got a few other books i've got catching up with them but i will get there uh right uh, uh Darlene, this is the bit of the show i asked everybody the same question Darlene, what is your unique sign off my sign off yeah what would you like to say Yeah.
1: There is hope and God is our hope and he's got love for all of us and that's he's not he didn't give us the diseases he didn't give us murderers, murderers he didn't give us um not slain us what he's done is he's given us his child his one and only begotten son Jesus Christ and i like you to just to get to know him and look 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 for him because if you seek him, he'll find, you'll
0: find him. He'll promise you that. And that's what I would like to sign off on. That Jesus loves you, and Jesus Christ is Lord. I like that, Darlene. I think that's appropriate. Now, here's mine for you, Darlene. Are you ready? Sure. I talked to Darlene West today, who has got lots of degrees and bachelors. I don't know what they mean anyway. She's a wife, a mother, and a granny. And she told me about her book, *Awakened by Grace, which mentions a character called Professor Franklin Franklin, and how his granddaughter, called Maggie, who's eight years old, helps him from a crisis of faith into believing in himself and God once again. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's a nice, gentle story, and we all need a story in our life. And do you have to be religious to read it of course not it's just a good old book you may you may find faith by re- reading it there's nothing wrong with that i think we just we just like donnie was just mentioning you don't have to be a christian jewish or free whatever as long as you want to believe that there's god jesus christ and mother mary there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing nothing, you haven't got green eyes or twiggly bits out your nose or you haven't become a suddenly an alien from outer space. You're just still you. Don't worry what other people say. So look it up. And if you wish to know where to look it up, go to d a r l e n e w e s t dot com. And I enjoyed our little chat. And that is the end of that. Goodbye.